0: show and I have a very special guest. It is Matt Siriati, former men's Webster soccer player and currently announcing some uh, soccer this season. Matt, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing all right. How about yourself, Robbie?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Matt is joining me to talk about the soccer season. Both men's and women's soccer season got started this week. Both teams played in their first match, and we're going to recap those. Real quick, I did want to recap the first volleyball game. They took it down 3-0. The team looked really, really good. Um, So just backing off what we talked about on Monday, team looked good. I mean, it's kind of the the people you'd expect to come in and play well. Uh, Lauren Bork looked like Lauren Bork. Ali Spoiler looked great. And Mary Nelson uh, looks like to be emerging as kind of that uh, next player up. So the team looked really, really good. Webster took home a 3-0 victory. Let's move on to the women's soccer game. They suffered a 2-0 loss to Rose Holman. And I'll tell you what, this team, um, you know, just, just super high expectations the last couple of years. They've just gotten so accustomed to winning, um, I believe, eight or nine seasons in a row. They were the regular season champions for for this conference. And they come off last season where, where they were not. Um, and they come into this season kind of second on the preseason poll and then come into their first game and get shut out. So, you know, a couple things, not going Webster's way, Matt, I know you got a chance to look at this game a little bit. Just give me your overall thoughts on the Rose Holman game.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot about shots and where they were looking going forward. Um, I think, like I said, coach Luigi is trying to kind of figure out who's going to be their go-to role this season. Uh, I mean, I I think you've seen the stat line. The shots were just not very much in favor of the girls. Um, It was 14 to six. Uh, They did a good job of getting five on goal, but um, overall they just need to figure out how to move the ball going forward. And I think Rose Holman just pretty much picked them apart on their offensive aspects.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree. Like you said, 14 to six. Um, I did get a chance to watch a little bit of this game. And one thing in particular is, in in my opinion, um, the two goals that were scored were, were not on Terran Banfield. They were, you know, situations where where Taron was put in, in two-on-ones and one was, in my opinion, even a three-on-one where there was just not a lot of help from the defense and, and they were getting picked apart by the Rose-Holman offense. And that's something that this team has been built on the last couple of years. And I know last year that was a problem where, where Banfield was putting up these stat lines that if you just look at the box score, it looks like you know, the goalkeeping has not been very good, but I think if you actually watch the games and you get into looking at those goals, you know, you can see that Banfield's getting overwhelmed. um, And I thought that was the case in this one. I do want to talk about something interesting in this game is 22 different players saw at least 10 minutes um, for Webster. And that is not typical. You know, you look at last season and it's usually been 13, 14, maybe 15 players that are seeing that much time. And Uh, Wednesday, we saw a lot of different players see the field. Matt, me and you were talking beforehand, and and you say you think this is Luigi just kind of feel out his roster. You know, what do you think about that approach? You know, getting these these girls in games and and trying to see what they can do to just find that that um, that formula.
1: I think what Coach is trying to do there is he's trying to figure out who are going to be his go-to players. Um, I know you kind of mentioned it at the beginning they went from a team where they, what was it, three years in a row, they were regular season champions. And now from last season, you know, I mean, they went far, but at the end of the day, they weren't where they wanted to be. And I think that's what coach is trying to do this year round is just trying to figure out who's going to be these go-to players. Um, I know it was a short season as well last year, uh, but you went, uh, we're going to have Jordan Landy return again, But like we had said, you lost your senior forward or the senior forward who had six holes, six assists last year. And now you're kind of looking to play a whole new offensive game. And it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you gotta you gotta try things out. And I think that's what they're trying to do with Rose Holman. Nothing's working, so you gotta get new players in there to try and figure out how you can beat that defensive line. And they just weren't able to do it in the first game.
0: Yeah, and certainly, you know, this team they lost four games, conference games, last year um, in 2020-2021. And again, it was a short season. It was a weird season. But from 2012 to 2019, they lost four games in total in conference play. So it is a little bit alarming. And, you know, this team, you know, Luigi, Luigi, Coach Luigi's had very good success in this conference. And you expect that this season, I think, is going to look a lot better than last season. But this certainly was not a very good start, especially for the offense getting shut out. Uh, But let's go ahead and move on to the men's game. They took home a 4-1 victory against Illinois College. Again, uh, I got to watch some of this game, and and there was some really impressive play. I do have to touch on Hunter Alasso. That first goal was a pretty sick one from about 20 yards, 25 yards (laughs) out, um, a pretty sick goal to start the season. And then the rest of the game, they just played really, really well and were able to get a 4-1 victory. Uh, Matt, give me your thoughts on this victory for the men.
1: I think you have the exact opposite of what you have for the women's versus the men. Um, I think Coach Senior has found what he wants to play, and I think you see a lot of the usual suspects on the scoring sheet as well. You have Amon Mervin, per usual. We know Amon's going to score. Mark Moore as well. Both those players were the leading points uh, last season. Both of them, I believe, had 22 points in total. Amon, nine goals, four assists. Mark, seven goals, eight assists. So, again, the usual suspects, they come out, they play strong for usual. Of course, I got to give love to Hunter Alasso. That goal was incredible. Um, and what a way to start off for that game, to kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, you knew you knew what was going to happen. And I think in, in the past as well, uh, when I played, we always struggled a little bit at Illinois College. It always is one of our first games of the season. So it's very nice to see Webster just come out right away and set that tone you know, in the preseason game against Harris and right away against Illinois college. Um, also beating a D2 university. They look very strong so far. I, I don't see very many flaws in this lineup. Um, and I think the only replacements you're really seeing in that starting lineup is the two center backs uh, from last year. You had Kim Killian and Dylan Jannon who were an all all-star duo back there. And now you have Johnny McCarthy and Tavis Cameron, but they look, they look like they're just taking over that role really well. Uh, everything so far has been locked down from them. They both played 89 minutes in uh, the game against Illinois College. And I think they're going to be a very strong duo as well. And I think that's where Webster has been extremely strong in these last few seasons is our defensive line it has just been incredible. And you have uh, Hannock Moges and Henny. I, I, nobody calls him Hannock. Everybody calls him Henny. And Tanner Haugen on the wing backs as well. There's pretty much – it looks the same. It looks just really locked down, and I think they're going to be really strong again this season.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, you know, that is kind of the big thing because even though those two players you mentioned as coming in as kind of replacement starters, they were on the team last year. And, you know, they – They are, yeah, they're veteran players in this system. So there's really nobody you look at here who's an incoming freshman who's becoming a starter. Everybody's been in this system. And you can tell, you know, you can see it on the field that this team looks, just the chemistry on this team, especially on the defensive side, just looks very, very good. Um, I did want to mention Matt Coffey, the goalkeeper, did have to come out of this game due to injury. It it looked like a knee to me. I don't want to speculate too much about it. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you've heard anything about it, you know, if he's good to go going forward.
1: Uh, I, I'm not going to speak on that one. Um, I also know how tough Matt Coffey is. Uh, so I'm not, I won't speak too much on that one. We'll just see how it plays, plays out. Um, I can't say though, from the preseason game and from this first game we saw from Jacob Cleborn, he hasn't played uh, a lot of games in his previous seasons, but I mean, he's looked strong so far going into this and uh, I mean as well he only let in one goal against Harris Stowe I don't see uh too much of a concern there is what I'm trying to say but I I wouldn't leave anything by Matt Coffey you know how good of a goalkeeper Matt Coffey is and if he wants to come out and play I I think he'll come out and play but I I think you should let him (laughs) let him speak for that and let the coaches decide on where they want to be on Saturday.
0: Yeah, of course. I just wasn't sure if you had heard anything uh, from. Yeah, no, no,
1: I, I I have not talked to Matt after that, but um, the one thing I know about coffee is that he's very tough. So if he plays through it, I would not be surprised. So.
0: Now I want to move on to kind of looking at these rosters um, as a whole, a little bit of a, of a preseason preview, um, or I guess now that we're into the season and one player from the women's team, uh, a couple players I want to talk about, but the first one is going to be, and uh, I apologize if I get the first name wrong. I believe it's Reese Reller. She's a freshman and she's come in and from the get go has played 90 minutes uh, in her first game from the back. And she looked really good. You know, she looked like a solid piece in this defense. Um, I believe she was playing more in the middle back uh, at least from what I saw, but it's, it's encouraging definitely to see that Luigi's, from the get-go throwing her in the back and and letting her play 90 minutes even though we talked about there was a lot of substitutions in this game a lot of luigi trying to fill out the roster it's got to give you confidence that he felt confident with reller back there um for the entirety of of that game um matt have you seen anything from reller either from the preseason game or from this first game that you like
1: yeah definitely in the harris stowe game um very strong defensively i know i It's always a good thing I say in broadcasting. Well, usually a good thing in broadcasting when you're saying a player's name a lot of times. And I know I did um, in that first game against Harris Stowe. Uh, She did a very good job back there. So I'm excited to see how that plays out moving forward.
0: A couple players who are looking to replace, you know, that Peyton Williams role. Peyton was, again, the top point scorer for this team last year, really uh, you know, I, I know it's a cliche to kind of say the heart and soul, but I do think she was a big part of the offense last year, a couple players who could potentially try to replace that um, production, one of which was Hope Didich, who, um, you know, Matt, I had a chance to watch the preseason game that, that you were announcing, and Didich was on the field a lot, you know, they weren't able to, to get any goals on the board, but I think Didich looked good in her passing, um, looked decent in her shooting, and another player Jacqueline Ferguson who, who you mentioned before the podcast a a transfer going into her junior season but her first at Webster she's a player who's really looked like um is kind of solidifying as the midfielder for this team so give me your thoughts on Ferguson and or
1: Didich. um I would say it's interesting well you have the, the Dedic sisters um both on the field so (laughs) I wasn't sure exactly which one you're talking about I know both of them did get a lot of minutes in the Harris Stowe game and both of them did look very strong um I will say moving forward um Ferguson did a very good job uh kind of playing a striker role from what I remember in that uh that Harris Stowe game she was holding up the ball very well and I think it'll be interesting to see uh actually in the last game the the younger sister Hope got it uh, a decent amount more minutes. So I think it's just a thing of Luigi trying to figure out who he wants to play and what roles they're going to play in the team. Uh, but uh, li- like I said, there's not much we have to go off of so far. So it will be interesting to see how they kind of start to make their roles and establish a role in the team.
0: Moving on to the men's team, we've already talked about, you know, most of the people who are playing significant minutes are the returners. Um, but I do want to mention a couple players. Um, first of which has got to be Mark Moore, and Moore was a freshman last season. Really came in as kind of a breakout player. You know, uh, interesting. We've talked about him a lot on the podcast as a two-sport athlete. He plays basketball as well. But last season, Mark Moore came in and, and just really, really good. Was second on the team in goals. Um, I believe was first on the team in assists. Yeah, he was. And really, you know, kind of electrified this offense and we know that this men's soccer team has always been kind of a defensive juggernaut. It was nice to see Mark Moore come in last year and, and be kind of that offensive spark plug. Um, so give me your thoughts on Mark Moore going into this season his sophomore year, you know that Especially this year, he gets a chance to kind of play soccer and play basketball exclusively last year with the weird season he was playing both at the same time. So right now <laughs> he gets to focus just on soccer so give me your thoughts on more, uh, maybe even your thoughts about him last year and then moving into this season.
1: Right. Uh what I'll tell you about Mark Moore is this guy knows how to get the team moving forward. Uh, and he knows how to get the team up the field when the ball is at Mark's foot. He wants to go forward. If it's not going forward, I know, I know he's frustrated. You can just see it in his face when uh, he plays as well. He wants to be as offensive as possible. And I think we see that in his statistics as well. Another thing you got to remember is like you just said, he was splitting with basketball so his, also his minutes are about uh, about half as anybody else's that's a starter. So it will be even more interesting to see how many goals and how many assists he can put up uh, going forward. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you saw our, our championship game last season, but I don't think I've seen a goal as good as that one. And that was out of Mark Moore as well. And coming off of that player of the tournament trophy as well from last season, I think he's only con- going to continue to be strong. Uh, Mark is an extremely talented, very speedy as well. Don't put it by him. He uh, may be a small guy, but he's going to blow right by you with his speed. Um, he's very good at when the ball is at his foot, he takes a big touch and likes to get out ahead of the defender before they even know what hit them. And he did a very, very, very good job of that. And I last season and i'm excited to see how he does with it this season
0: and the guy he's playing right next to as the other forward is of course amon mervin and you know you know from my perspective i think mervin is just a a superstar you know he he's gonna score goals he's gonna put a lot of shots on defense and man, i just want to get your thoughts on when these two guys are playing next to each other how difficult it makes it for the other team you know when you have not just one but two really good
1: scorers well, I think it's that and and one more piece I have to add to this offense though is as as good as aman is and i've I've already talked on this, he it's hard to be a defender against him because you don't know what he's going to do. Uh, <laughs> I think from as many times as he's dribbled by me in in previous practices, um, I think that's what a lot of defenders have a problem with is that, His as soon as the ball is at his foot, you don't know which direction he's going to go. He does a very good job of feinting uh, the ball so that he looks like he's going left and he's going right, and he's blown right by you in one second. But I think a key piece you're missing is uh, in this Illinois college game, he played very well, um, was Isaac Pearson. And I don't think Isaac gets the credit that he should sometimes, and it's because of just how hard he works. He had two assists in this Illinois college game as well, And I think all three of them together are going to be a very, very formidable offense. Um, And I think they have been a good uh, combo before Mark got there as well. It was Isaac and Amon, and now Mark has kind of solidified that very strong offensive prowess that they have. And going forward, I think Isaac is going to be that piece that is going to be setting them up every time to go to goal. And I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Isaac always gets enough credit because he does a lot on the field that people just don't notice.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, we were talking about this also before the show. That's the one tough thing with with soccer uh, statistics and the box sport. Right. There's, I, You know, with with a sport like baseball, you probably get of the game just in the box score. I would argue that with soccer, you get maybe 10% uh, at most um, about what's actually going on in the field. So I did want to move on to those midfielders as a whole. Obviously, you know, if you've listened to the podcast or you follow um, Webster soccer at all, you know Justin Collard and he's a very, very good player. (laughs) Isaac Pearson, we just talked about. I want to talk about the other two starting midfielders and Johnny McCarthy and, and Hunter Alasso. And, you know, we we already mentioned um, Hunter had a really impressive goal in this first game. But I want to talk about those two players, Matt, and also just talk about the midfielder role in this team um, kind of as a whole because obviously we know this team wants to be a very good defensive team. So just talk about the the midfielder role as a whole um, when it comes to Webster soccer.
1: Okay, so um, the things to note there, Hunter uh, plays (laughs) – Hunter is very good at seeing the whole field. And that's why he received the captain's van that he did. Um, he can see the whole field in the way players cannot. And I think he's such a good combo with Kohler because Kohler just, you, you never see the guy stop running. I don't think I've ever seen a harder worker on the field than Justin Kohler. And I think for those reasons, that's why that combo there has been so great um, I will say Johnny McCarthy is a center back. So he's more of a, he, he's a defender, but it's also, um, I would say moving forward, the midfield position has kind of been switched off a little bit um, from last season to this season. I know Noah Abraham has been very strong there. Um, him coming in as a freshman last season in, in what was our very short and freshman season, he did an incredible job in that center attacking mid position and, um, so that's kind of been his role. Uh, Carlos Yamas has also been very good at that. He's kind of switched back and forth, forth with a forward and center attacking mid position as well. Um, but I think what I have seen is just how good Kohler and Hunter can control the game and kind of turn, <laughs> kind of turn the um, defense around, if that makes sense. the The opposing team's defense, because when they hold onto the ball and move it out wide or move it forward wherever you're going to go with it, you can pass anywhere in soccer. That's, that's the beauty of the game. Um, When they have the ball at their feet, they're looking to create chances for Amon, for Mark, for Isaac going forward so that they can get a ball in the opponent's uh, defensive end and get a goal. And I think they've just been very strong at seeing the whole field and figuring out what they need to do. And I think they're going to continue to do that as well this season.
0: All right, I wanna move on to the weekend action in Webster Sports. Um, I wanted to start with the Washington University Invitational, the volleyball tournament that is happening. The Webster volleyball team is gonna play four games this weekend, all against some pretty solid competition. So, you know, I, I talked about earlier about how good this team looked in their first match. I have very high expectations for this team, so it's going to be interesting to see how that translates into some some tougher uh, competition. They played Center College last year in um, the the tournament they played. I don't remember the name of the tournament, but they played Center College and got beat. So I want to see how they respond this year. Um, They're also going to be playing uh, UT Dallas and Carroll University, two teams that have been very competitive against Webster in the past. So it's going to be fun for me to see what the women or uh, the volleyball team is able to do this weekend. On the soccer side, the women's soccer team is going to be taking on Monmouth College on Saturday. This is a team they've played five times in their history. They're four and one all time, although in the last three years, um, they've split with them. They won in 2018 and lost in overtime in 2019. So, Matt, give me your thoughts on this game between the women's soccer team and Monmouth College.
1: I think it'll be interesting to see how the women do going forward. Um, I think a player we haven't talked about um, enough today would be Jordan Landy. Um, you have her going from 18 goals in uh, the 2019 season. Last season, she also had the most goals, the seven. I know that's, it, it seems different, but it was a shortened season. So she's still putting up great numbers in the amount of games that she played. So I think it will be interesting to see how they do play against Monmouth, um, a team that did not have a 2020 season. So if you look at their schedule, it's just going to show you, it's a whole bunch of canceled games. because they didn't play anything. And then also they are coming off of one loss so far. So this is, um, it's going to be a good kind of opening test, uh, for the girls at home. Uh, and, Along that, uh, some other players uh, I'm looking forward to to kind of holding the offense and kind of moving forward would be Jordan Bilyeu. She looked very, very strong um, in the game against Harris-Stowe. She had a solo goal that she just took the ball down, uh, took the ball down just the middle of the field and nobody stopped her the whole way. So um, I think it will be interesting to see how they do moving forward. And I don't – I. Again, like I said, there's not much you have to go off of, of the last two seasons for Monmouth because they just, you know, it's going to be an entirely different team and they didn't get a last season. So I think for the girls it will be a good test to see where are we at and how are we looking to go into, you know, future conference games. So it's a good test to see where they're at.
0: Yeah, I did want to touch a little bit more Kind um, kind of going off the rails here. I asked you before the show about the preseason poll. And of course, every year, the Sliac releases a poll, um, just basically a coaches poll where everybody votes on what the order they think um, the, the conference is going to go. And Webster, the women's team, has been very successful. Um, I believe it's eight straight seasons. They've been the regular season champion. And this year they're projected to finish second and per- projected to finish behind a very good font bond team um, that was undefeated last year. But I just want to kind of get your perspective as a former player, Matt, um, you know, about the preseason poll and, and what you think the, you know, obviously I don't want to speculate too much on what the girls are thinking, but what would you be thinking if you're in their shoes and you had the success recently and then this year you're, you're second in the preseason poll?
1: Oh, I'd be so happy. I, I would just be ecstatic that I am not number one because all that means to me is that I can prove everybody wrong. And I think that, I think that drove a fire for the men's team as well. So in previous seasons, we always said, Oh, you're going to be third. You're going to be second. You're not going to be first. And I think that was always something that we just wanted to go out there and prove everyone wrong. So I think, Uh, for the women's team that's something that they really are going to be thinking about is we can prove everybody wrong if we end up first and there's nothing better than that feeling is proving everybody wrong
0: yeah and I kind of got that sentiment as well I I did have a chance um, probably around two weeks ago to to talk to some of the women's soccer players and they certainly do feel like they have a lot to prove this season I think the preseason poll was just kind of adding to that fire Let's move on to the men's soccer match this Saturday. They're going to be taking on Trine University. Um, and they have played this team once in their history. It was back in 2019 when my man Matt Siriati was on the team. <laughs> and uh, they were able to win it in double overtime in one nothing fashion. That game was at Trine. This game is going to be at Webster. So, Matt, give me your thoughts on this one against Trine University.
1: It's going to be a good test. That's uh, what I can say. Um Looking, they're already trying to come off of a three-one victory. So, and that was away as well. So they're kind of in the same field here is that they're gonna be playing an away game against uh, against Webster. And I know this is a team from that 2019 game. <laughs> not uh, not saying this in an offensive way or anything like that, but we wanted to beat them so bad. At that end of the game, when we won in double overtime, we were ha- we were very, very happy that we beat them because of how frustrating the game was. So I think, again, this is going to be a good test. Um, I think the boys need to just be very smart on the field. Don't do any unnecessary fouls, anything like that, because I know they're going to want to get under our skin because that's how they like to play. Um, Again, I think they need to just get an early goal because that's what they did against Illinois College. I believe it was literally in the first 10 minutes that Webster scored. Um, so they need to keep that rolling. and they need to find a goal early because if they can do that, they're just going to roll over this team and that's what they need to do. But like I said, trying is not somebody that is a very easy opponent. Um, <laughs> if <clears throat> you look at their schedule, they actually play Notre Dame and Indiana. So those are D one universities. I'm not going to say that they're going to beat them or anything like that, but they, they already have a very tough schedule so Webster needs to come out and treat this game like it's going to be a very tough game. There's no easy wins. This has got to be a very tough challenge, and I hope that they can um, continue to move strong.
0: All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked Up Podcast. Thank you once again, Matt, for joining me. We will be back, or I will be back, on Monday to recap all the action that happens this weekend. So that'll be the four volleyball games as well as the two soccer games, and that'll be on Monday. But that's going to do it for Matt and I, this episode of the Locked Up Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Locked Up Podcast. And uh, and if you missed it, check out our Monday episode um,
1: that was previewing the volleyball season. But that's going
0: to do it, and I will talk to you all on Monday.